Chapter 36 of The Pharaoh and the Priest. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines. The Pharaoh and the Priest by Boleslaw Proust. Translated by Jeremiah Curtin. Chapter 36. After his reception by the Viceroy, Sargon delayed at Pibost, waiting for letters from the Pharaoh at Memphis. Meanwhile, strange reports began to circulate among officers and nobles. The Phoenicians told, of course, as the greatest secret, that the priests, it was unknown for what reason, not only forgave the Assyrians the unpaid tribute, not only freed them once and for all time from paying it, but besides, to facilitate some northern war for the Assyrians, had concluded a treaty of peace for many years with them. The pharaoh, said the Phoenicians, on learning of these concessions to Assyria, fell very ill. Prince Ramesses is troubled, and goes around grief-stricken. But both must give way to the priests, for they are not sure of the nobles and the army. This enraged the Egyptian aristocracy. Is it possible, whispered magnates who were in debt, does the dynasty not trust us? Have the priests undertaken to disgrace and ruin Egypt? for it is clear that if Assyria has a war in the distant north somewhere, now is just the time to attack her and fill the reduced treasury of the pharaoh and the aristocracy with plunder. One and another of the young lords made bold to ask the prince what he thought of Assyrians. Rameses was silent, but the gleam in his eyes and his fixed lips expressed his feelings sufficiently. It is clear, whispered the lords later on, that this dynasty is bound by the priesthood. It yields not its confidence to nobles. Great misfortunes are threatening Egypt. Silent anger was soon turned into secret councils, which had even the semblance of conspiracy. Though many persons took part in this action, the priests were self-confident, or knew nothing of this in their blindness and Sargon, though he felt the existing hatred, did not attach to it importance. He learned that Prince Rameses disliked him, but that he attributed to the event in the arena, and to his jealousy in the affair of the priestess. Confident, however, in his position as ambassador, he drank, feasted, and slipped away almost every evening to Kama, who received with increasing favor his courting and his presence such was the condition of mind in the higher circles when on a certain night the holy metazuphus rushed to the prince's dwelling and declared that he must see the viceroy immediately the courtiers answered that one of his women was visiting their lord and that they would not disturb him but when metazuphus insisted with increasing emphasis they called out rameses the prince appeared after a time and was not even angry what is this asked he of the priest are we at war that thou takest the trouble to visit me at an hour like the present metazuphus looked diligently at the prince and sighed deeply has the prince not gone out all the evening inquired he not a step can i give a priest's word for this the heir was astonished it seems to me answered he haughtily that thy word is not needed since i have given mine what does this mean they withdrew to a special chamber dost thou know lord asked the excited priest what has happened perhaps an hour since 
some young men attacked the worthy Sargon and clubbed him. Who were they? Where did this happen? At the villa of a Phoenician priestess named Kama, answered Metazufus, watching the face of the heir sharply. Daring fellows, said the prince, shrugging his shoulders, to attack such a stalwart man. I suppose that more than one bone was broken in that struggle. But to attack an ambassador, consider, worthy lord, an ambassador protected by the majesty of Assyria and Egypt, said the priest. Ho, 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 laughed the prince. Then King Assar sends ambassadors even to Phoenician dancers? Metazufus was confused. All at once he tapped his forehead and cried out also with laughter. See, prince, what a simple man I am, unfamiliar with ceremonies. I forgot that Sargon, strolling about in the night near the house of a suspected woman, is not an ambassador, but an ordinary person. After a while he added, In every case something evil has happened. Sargon may conceive a dislike for us. Priest, O oh priest, cried Rameses, shaking his head, thou hast forgotten this, a thing of much more importance, that Egypt has no need to fear or even care for the good or bad feeling toward her, not merely of Sargon, but King Assar. Metazufus was so confused by the appositeness of the remark that instead of an answer he bowed, muttering, Prince, the gods have given thee the wisdom of high priests. May their names be blessed. I wanted to issue an order to search for these insolents, but now I prefer to follow thy advice, for thou art a sage above sages. Tell me, therefore, Lord, what I am to do with Sargon and those turbulent young people. First of all, wait till morning. As a priest thou knowest best that divine sleep often brings good counsel. But if before morning I think out nothing, I will visit Sargon in every case and try to efface that little accident from his memory. The priest took farewell of Rameses with marks of respect. On the way home he pondered. I will let the heart be torn out of my breast, thought he, if the prince had to do with that business. He neither beat Sargon nor persuaded another to beat him. He did not even know of the incident. Whoso judges an affair with such coolness and so pointedly cannot be a confederate. In that case I can begin an investigation, and if we do not mollify the shaggy barbarian, I will deliver the disturbers to justice. Beautiful treaty of friendship between two states, which begins by insulting the ambassador. Next morning the lordly Sargon lay on his felt couch till midday. He lay thus rather frequently, however that is, after each drinking feast. Near him, on a low divan, sat the devout Istubar, with eyes fixed on the ceiling, while muttering a prayer. Istubar, sighed the dignitary, art thou sure that no man of our court knows of my misfortune? Who could know, if thou hast seen no one? But the Egyptians, groaned Sargon. Of the Egyptians, Metazufus and the prince know, yes, and those madmen who surely will remember thy fists for a long time. They may, they may, but it seems to me that the air was among them, and that his nose is crushed, if not broken. The air has a sound nose, and he was not there, I assure thee. In that case, sighed Sargon, the prince should impale a good number of those rioters on stakes. I am an ambassador. My person is sacred. 
but i tell thee counselled istubar to cast anger from thy heart and not to complain even for if those rioters are arraigned before a court the whole world will learn that the ambassador of the most worthy king Assar goes out among phoenicians and what is worse visits them alone during night hours what wilt thou answer if thy mortal enemy the chancellor lekbagus asks thee sargon what phoenicians didst thou see and of what was thy discourse with them at night outside their temple sargon sighed if sounds like the growling of a lion are to be called sighs that moment one of the assyrian officers rushed in he knelt down struck the pavement with his forehead and said to sargon light of our lord's eyes there is a crowd of magnates and dignitaries of egypt before the entrance and at the head of them the heir himself with the evident intention of giving thee homage but before sargon could utter a command the prince was in the door of the chamber he pushed the gigantic watch aside and approached the felts quickly while the confused ambassador with widely opened eyes knew not what to do to flee naked to another chamber or hide under the covers on the threshold stood a number of assyrian officers astonished at the invasion of the air in opposition to every etiquette but istubar made a sign to them and they vanished the prince was alone he had left his suite in the courtyard be greeted o ambassador of a great king and guest of the pharaoh i have come to visit thee and inquire if thou hast need of anything also to learn if time and desire will permit thee to ride in my company on a horse from my father's stables surrounded by our sweets in a manner becoming an ambassador of the mighty Assar, may he live through eternity sargon listened as he lay there without understanding a syllable but when istubar interpreted the words of the egyptian viceroy the ambassador felt such delight that he beat his head against the couch repeating the names rameses and Assar. when he had calmed himself and made excuses for the wretched state in which so worthy and famous a guest had found him he added do not take it ill o lord that an earthworm and a support of the throne as i am show delight in a manner so unusual but i am doubly pleased at thy coming first because such a superterrestrial honor has come to me second because in my dull and worthless heart i thought that thou o lord wert the author of my misfortune it seemed to me that among the sticks which fell on my shoulders i felt thine which struck indeed vigorously the calm istubar interpreted phrase after phrase to the prince to this the heir with genuinely kingly dignity answered thou wert mistaken o sargon if thou thyself hadst not confessed the error i should command to count out fifty blows of a stick to thee so that thou shouldst remember that persons like me do not attack one man with a crowd or in the night-time before the serene istubar could finish the interpretation of this speech sargon had crawled up to the prince and embraced his legs earnestly a great lord a great king cried he glory to egypt that has such a ruler to this the prince answered i will say more sargon if an attack was made on thee yesterday i assure thee that no one of my courtiers made it for i judge that a man of such strength as thou art must have broken more than one skull but my attendants are unharmed every man of them 
he has told truth and spoken wisely whispered sargon to istubar but though continued the prince this evil deed has happened not through my fault or through that of my attendants i feel bound to decrease thy dissatisfaction with the city in which thou wert met so unworthily hence i have visited thy bedchamber hence i open to thee my house at all times as often as thou mayst wish to visit it and i beg thee to accept this small gift from me the prince drew forth from his tunic a chain set with rubies and sapphires the gigantic sargon shed tears this moved the prince but did not affect the indifference of istubar the prince saw that sargon had tears joy or anger at call as befitted the ambassador of a king full of wisdom the viceroy sat a moment longer and then took farewell of sargon while going out he thought that the assyrians though barbarians were not evil-minded since they knew how to respond to magnanimity sargon was so touched that he gave order immediately to bring wine and he drank from midday till evening some time after sunset the priest istubar left sargon's chamber for a while he returned soon but through a concealed doorway behind him appeared two men in dark mantles when they had pushed their cowls aside sargon recognized in one the high priest mephris in the other mentezufus the prophet we bring thee worthy ambassador good news said mephris may i be able to give you the like cried the ambassador be seated holy and worthy fathers and though i have reddened eyes speak to me as if i were in perfect soberness for when i am drunk my mind is improved even is this not true istubar speak on said the chaldean to-day began mentezufus i have received a letter from the most worthy minister herhor he writes that his holiness may he live through eternity awaits thy embassy at memphis in his wonderful palace and that his holiness may he live through eternity is well disposed to make a treaty with assyria sargon tottered on his feet but his eyes showed clear mental action i will go said he to his holiness the pharaoh may he live through eternity in the name of my lord i will put my seal on the treaty if it be written on bricks in cuneiform letters for i do not understand your writing but i will lie even all day on my belly before his holiness and will sign the treaty but how will ye carry it out ha 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 that i know not concluded he with rude laughter how darest thou o servant of the great assar doubt the good will and faith of our ruler inquired mentezufus sargon grew a little sobered i do not speak of his holiness replied he but of the heir to the throne of egypt he is a young man full of wisdom who will carry out the will of his father and the supreme council without hesitation answered mefres ha 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 laughed the drunken barbarian again your prince o oh gods put my joints out if i speak an untruth when i say that i should wish assyria to have such an heir as he is our assyrian heir is a sage a priest he before going to war looks first at the stars in the sky afterwards he looks under hen's tails but yours would examine to see how many troops he had he would learn where the enemy was camping and fall on him as an eagle on a lamb he is a leader he is a king he is not of those who obey priestly counsels 
he will take counsel with his own sword and ye will have to carry out what he orders therefore though i sign a treaty i shall tell my lord that behind the sick pharaoh and the wise priests there is in egypt a young heir to the throne who is a lion and a bull in one person a man on whose lips there is honey but in whose heart lies a thunderbolt and that will tell an untruth interrupted mentezufis for our prince though impulsive and riotous somewhat as is usual with young people knows how to respect both the council of sages and the highest institutions of the country o ye sages learned in letters ye who know the circuits of the stars said sargon jeering i am a simple commander of troops who without my seal would not always be able to scratch off my signature ye are sages i am unlearned but by the beard of my king i would not change what i know for your wisdom ye are men to whom the world of papyrus and brick is laid bare but the real world in which men live is closed to you i am unlearned but i have the sniff of a dog and as a dog sniffs a bear from a distance so i with reddened nose sniff a hero ye will give counsel to the prince but ye are charmed by him already as a dove is by a serpent i at least do not deceive myself and though the prince is in kind to me as my own father i feel through my skin that he hates me and my assyrians as a tiger hates an elephant ha 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 only give him an army and in three months he would be at nineveh if soldiers would rise up to him in the desert instead of falling down and dying even though thou wert speaking truth interrupted metezufus even if the prince wishes to go to nineveh he will not go but who will detain him when he is the pharaoh we ye ye ha ha laughed sargon ye think always that the young man does not feel this treaty but i but i ha 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 i will let the skin be torn from me and my body be impaled if he does not know everything would the phoenicians be so quiet if they possessed not the certainty that your young lion of egypt would shield them before the bull of assyria mentezufis and mefres looked at each other stealthily the genius of the barbarian almost terrified them he had given bold utterance to that which they had not thought of what would the result be indeed if the heir had divined their plans and wished to cross them but istubar silent thus far rescued them from momentary trouble sargon said he thou art interfering in affairs not thy own thy duty is to conclude with egypt a treaty of the kind that our lord wishes but what the heir knows or does not know what he will do or will not do is not thy affair since the supreme eternally existent priestly council assures us that the treaty will be executed in what way it will be executed is not a question for our heads the dry tone with which istubar declared this calmed the riotous joy of the ambassador he nodded and muttered a pity for the man in that case he is a grand warrior and magnanimous end of chapter thirty six recording by dion gines salt lake city utah